Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. Points in the Paint Podcast, presented by Stadium. Everything NBA basketball. We're Stadium's number one NBA podcast. Ben Wittenstein with you. Zach Badger House is always in the house. Oh, overmodulated Zach Badger house, but you're always in the house. We got the phone <laughs> issues figured out. We're talking to Ava Wallace from the Washington Post as well in this episode. Yes. We figured we, we were trying to get her on for the Washington Wizards preview when we did the previews over the summer. Um, timing and everything didn't work out, and we got her this week, so we were excited to have her on. Yes. I mean, the Washington Wizards, if, if we previewed the Team Zach back in August, talking about the Wizards being one of the five teams that double-digit wins. <laughs> She would have been absolutely. That's insane. That wouldn't have even been close to hot take. She probably would have had. But here we are. Not Wizards are top team in the East. <laughs> Not even close. And that's what makes it so funny, Ben, because with the Wizards, we probably would have been talking like rebuild mode, play in maybe mm-hmm. at the most. That was about it. But that's not the nope. case. We got they they sitting at the so, tippy top. All right, and we had a, we had a fun conversation with Ava, so that's coming up. In the episode, give us a follow on Twitter, Points Paint, on the Twitter machine or on YouTube, Facebook or uh, Instagram now, Points in the Pain, if you're on Instagram. Um, I don't think we're throwing up any thirst traps, but we're throwing up uh, some some stuff from the show. So just as good, really, at this point for Points in the Pain podcast. So we're, we're everywhere. We're at every social media you can get. Um, we have the we have the voicemail line, 773-273-9088. We had a couple good voicemails this week. Um, and we always play the voicemails to start the podcast. So if you want to have your voice heard, put it on the podcast. Call that voicemail, 773-273-9088. Zach, let's get to the voicemails. Hello. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, man. Hot take of the week. I think Zach needs to uh, forego his job as an analyst. I think the Golden State Warriors are who we thought they were. Uh, you wanted Seth Perry to show up? He did that. 40-point game against the Bulls. Wanting to play better competition. They did that and they won by double digits. 20, if I think I'm correct. Yeah. Just adding Clay Thompson back to that. More firepower. Steve Kerr is really good with his rotations. I, I think we're looking at a Steph Curry MVP reign or run. And uh, he's definitely going to state not being in a playing game. Let me know what you think, though. Yo, yo, go Pellies. I just want to say I'm a fan of the Pelicans. Also, I was watching that Bulls game. I lift you up, man, you big guy. 
All right. So we had a couple interesting voicemails. Do I really look like do I look like Lonzo Ball? Do I look that much like Lonzo Ball? I need I need the truth here. No, but I think I told you. I think I sent you that picture of my my, my friend to say you look like the dude from Shrek. <laughs> I don't remember his name on top of my head, but the dude from yeah. Shrek. Like, and then he put the picture side by side. I will have to show you oh, after God. the podcast, but you do look like him, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I I just hope it wasn't Shrek or Donkey. No, it wasn't that Shrek was... or the Donkey. It <laughs> wasn't either one of them. It was the it's the one dude with the hat. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> oh, I just, I've, I have close friends who think I look like Lonzo Ball. I don't see it. I think I'm a more attractive version of Lonzo Ball. I'd like to think I'm more attractive. But now if I look like someone from Shrek, I don't know anyone in the Shrek movie that is supposed to look good other than like uh, other than Shrek 2 with the prince, Prince Charming. I hope I look like Prince Charming, but I don't think that's the guy I was being compared to. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, we also had Zach, someone calling you out, saying you need to forego your job as an NBA analyst. He's all in yeah, on Steph was, Curry. Yeah, he was a little, he was talking trash, if you will. But I just find yeah. it so interesting. Like, you know, when you have Steph Curry on your fantasy team, your fantasy basketball team, then you know you can have a little more say. So, especially when he's playing exceptionally well, and that's the case for Steph, and that's the case for the Warriors. Warriors did lose last week to Charlotte. I did I did like to see that, especially from a Charlotte team that had like a five game losing streak and so they kinda needed that win. And yeah, Steph Steph didn't perform well either. You know what? I'ma just go ahead and say that too. He did not perform that. well against the Charlotte Hornets. I needed five threes. He only had four. So he did not play well. I think I needed him to score thirty. I think he only had maybe like twenty six or twenty four. So everybody oh, out here, listen, and this ain't the first time Steph has done this to me either. This is like third time already this season. If it wasn't him, it's Draymond Green. But we ain't even got to get into Draymond Green and the points or lack thereof. Focus on <laughs> Steph. And whenever I decide to bet on Steph, he doesn't play well. But any other time, that may not be the case. And then another thing being, I'm taking that game that game on uh, Tuesday night too for uh, Brooklyn and Golden State. And we're going to see – if Mr. Steph Curry can bounce back from that terrible performance against the Charlotte Hornets, I said it, and I'm standing on, I'm standing ten toes on it. <laughs> That's good. Well, listen, we were, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. We're releasing it on Wednesday, which again, Wednesday I think is going to be the new day for the Points in the Paint podcast. Some midweek basketball talk from us, but Golden State does play Brooklyn tonight, so we'll see, Zach. Maybe. Maybe that uh, caller is going to look foolish tomorrow. Steph's going to have a bad game. He's going to look bad. You're going to look good. <laughs> we'll have to see. But I'm all in, Zach. You know what I'm all in for? I'm all in for people calling voicemail line and just talking trash to us. Because that just makes it even more fun. Yeah, if you have an opinion we don't like, if you see us on Twitter and you think we look like some stupid animal from Shrek, <laughs> let us know. We'd love to hear it. 773-273-9088. That's really the whole point. You know, we drop the videos, everything, just to you guys hear from us. And then if you don't like what we had to say about maybe your favorite team or favorite player, this, that, and the third, favorite coach, whatever the case may be, you are supposed to respond back to us via voicemail at 773-273-9088. You keep us engaged and, you know, we have more takes to present. 
Absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. One big thing, Zach. One big thing of the week. That's one thing. One thing. Mm. Something that we saw that we really liked this week. Um, I am going to go with health and safety protocols because that has seemingly taken a little bit of an increase in the past couple weeks with the health and safety protocols. We are seeing a lot more players, a lot more big-name players go on the health and safety protocol list now, I don't think this is a huge issue because seemingly most of the league is vaccinated. Um, and it seems like at least 99, maybe even 100 percent of the players who are catching COVID or on the health and safety protocol list are asymptomatic. So that's all a good thing. They're not having any health issues. They're all vaccinated. So most likely they're all protected, but they still can catch COVID with the vaccine, which means they're going to have to sit out a couple games. And we're seeing this right now with Joel Embiid, who's been out. For four games with the uh, 76ers, they went 0-4 in that stretch. And they, they did not look good without Joel Embiid. So my one big thing, Zach, is I think this health and safety protocol issue, COVID and players catching it, having to be out like 10 games, 10 days, it's going to be an issue all season long. And it's going to affect teams once we start getting into the later months of the season. Maybe, you know, maybe it just depends on the player, how COVID affects them and that sort of thing. I think the reason why, you know, for MB, they said it like it's really affecting him. You know, like he's really like feeling the effects of COVID. So like for for MB, it's, uh, it's case by case. I believe I remember Jalen Brown last year. He said that, yeah. you know, it kind of affected him, you know, more, more. So he felt like he said playing one he game felt like playing like three games, you know, when they didn't have yeah. a vaccine. So, you know, it's case by case with the player. I hope, you know, Chris Middleton, obviously another player that's out and, you know, the Bucks are kind of suffering from that. Uh, the Cavs have done a decent job. Obviously the Colin Sexton one we talked about last week and now Evan Mobley with the sprained elbow out two to four weeks. And so, yeah, different teams, different aspects, you know, in terms of like health and how it affects them with COVID is determined like the, the true like effects again on, I guess, health and safety protocols. Yeah, and then you have Vucevic with the Chicago Bulls, who's been out yeah. um, for the past couple games, and he's going to be out for a little while longer. So it's it's these bigger-name players. And, and what we saw, too, is the Bulls played the 76ers a couple weeks ago, and then we saw Embiid and got hit with COVID. Uh, Marcus Steibel had an issue. And then a week later, Vucevic. Vucevic, who was going in the post with Joel Embiid the week before, yeah. gets COVID. So you really hope that with the vaccine, the, the spread is mitigated and, and it doesn't spread to too many people. But – we're going to see that throughout the year where these players, uh, someone catches something, they spread it to someone else on, on an opposing team. And, you know, hopefully the health and, and safety of the players is OK and, and they feel fine. But it's going to be an issue going forward. That That's what I took away from this past week is we're just you never know when it's going to hit. But we're going to see these teams. They may be going on a run five, six game winning streak. We saw the 76ers playing well and then. Boom, their star goes down. They have to be gone for 10 days with COVID, maybe more if, if they continue to test positive for it. And that's going to start affecting teams. So it, obviously no team is safe. And, and this is going to be an issue for the next five, six, seven months as the season goes on. And we hope that it doesn't get too drastic. You know, no. and we don't miss too yeah, many, you know, spread. star players or any players, you know, for the long, for super long periods or that it just doesn't affect them health wise to the point where, you know, it's damaging their career. You know, we hope that, you know, we can get over this hump in terms of like the vaccine and, you know, everyone being vaccinated. Obviously, in the NBA is pretty close. And so we just yeah. hope that, uh, the fans in the arena are fully vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing masks and everything. 
Uh, what mm. is your one big thing, Zach? My one big thing being this week. Oh my goodness! You know I had that phone trouble, but oh, damn yeah. that! That don't even compare <laughs> to the. That doesn't even compare to what how frustrated it was watching basketball last week with the lack of effort from some of the players, some of the coaches. Like, I'll give you an example, Ben. I feel like you might have bet. Did you bet the Denver Nugget game in their last game against the Dallas Mavericks? I feel like you did. I came close. I was I was feeling good about maybe betting the Nuggets, and then I ended up losing. But I did okay. not bet that game. I came close, though. You know how much so, I love betting the Nuggets. Exactly. So that, And that's why I asked you that, because I took it upon myself to do so. And I took them straight up. Money line, I think it was like plus 176, something like that. Now, they were winning this game, Ben. First half, pretty good. You know, they were pretty doing pretty well in the first half of different Nuggets. Nikola Jokic was playing good. Bobo got in the game. You know it's fun if Bobo gets oh, in the game, Bobo. right? So he, he was even getting, he got in the game and he did well. Second half comes, right? If you're, if you're Coach Malone, why do you have your bench players in the game for so long when the opposing team is starting to go on a run. He kept them in the game for probably three to four minutes too long, man. And it just gave the opposing team, Dallas Mavericks, so much more momentum going into the fourth quarter. It, nobody could guard Kristaps Porzingis in the, in the Nuggets rotation coming off no. the bench. Nobody. And so that gave them the momentum to come back and then – in the fourth quarter, Luca played well. It, you know, he sprung his ankle a little bit, so he may be out be day to day. But they were able to take away that game because the poor coaching from Mike Malone. The Memphis Grizzlies, they won handily. But I don't like the fact that a power forward can't go out and get at least eight rebounds in a game, ten rebounds in a game. Jaron Jackson, you got to play better. Carl Anthony Towns, he lost the game, and I knew they were going to lose. I was so mad because I bet it on the game, too. I'm basically going on a rant <laughs> on all the games I bet it on. <laughs> and how the poor performance that they were that they had, like Car Anthony Towns against the Clippers, he did not look engaged from warmups, from the jump. I mean, before tip off, like he didn't even look like he was ready, Ben. So this week, I'm gonna need more effort from everybody. And you know what? I you know who agree with me? Tom Thibodeau. Wanna know why? Because he said his he said all his starters fourth quarter last week against one of them teams they played last week. So I know yeah. he can agree with me that you know so sometimes you just got to get out there and play harder and play better. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if it's early season basketball where the players are, you know, they're like it's an 82 game season. We got to really not push ourselves super hard in the middle of November so we can actually push ourselves in March or. It's just players being apathetic. Okay. I, I don't know what the real issue is. And I think, you know, you're talking about this um, players resting, right, and, and making sure that they are good for the longevity of the season and are ready for the playoffs. And you have load management, which has become more popular. So maybe these every player in the NBA now is taking it upon themselves to at least try to load manage a little bit to be in the season. And that's what it's like. It's bad really if you're like betting it. them. <laughs> yes, no, it makes that's for what... bad games. It absolutely makes for bad games. I don't know if it's like a good thing. I don't. I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but I, it maybe that is the reason behind you're seeing just these players give up in games but, or, or not put 100. percent But it's so crazy because like okay, like Toronto Raptors, right? They need to give Scotty Barnes the ball more. 
Like, I know you're trying to probably work Pascal Siaka men coming off injury. But in the meantime, in between time, Ben, they need to give my my young dog, Scotty Barnes, the rock and let him go to work. Because sometimes OG may be shooting too much. Sometimes Red Fan Fleet is shooting at the wrong time. Now, he showed up in that fourth quarter of their last game to get them over the hump. I think they end up still maybe losing, though. But he got yeah. them close within the game. You know, but Scotty Barnes, I know he's a rookie, but he needs more touches. <laughs> so Nick Nurse needs to work on that. Yeah, he definitely needs to work on that. Let's do dunk or deny, which is our dunk version of deny. buy or sell. Uh oh, what you dunking on? Song. <laughs> Let's, you know, I, I'm dunking on someone from the Bulls. I am buying this guy, but because we were just talking about the Timberwolves, I'm going to start with a deny. I'm denying okay. the Minnesota Timberwolves, Zach. They are two and eight in their last ten games. They have stunk up the joint in Minnesota, and they started the season three and one. You know, they started the season three and one. I think I was even riding high on them in the first week. You were now saying even the Timberwolves. I think this is a different year for the Timberwolves. They got Anthony Edwards is another year after having a good rookie season. Carl Anthony Towns looks good. And then what did you say? You said, "Whoa, pump the brakes." I did, but it was only really said that because you know, like I said, like you know how they do. They start off the season, they go, you know, they play pretty well, pretty decent. Then out of nowhere, five game, six, seven game, eight, twelve game losing streak just happens out of nowhere. I think they're currently on a losing streak right now. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> two of two and eight in their last ten. We've, we're having issues where the Carl Anthony Towns is just walking back on defense when he's still his team is still on offense. I Which is something you. you were talking about. <laughs> horrible, man. It, it, you're just like seeing this team who looks so good from the start just completely collapsing. They're not great offensively. Defensively, they're middle of the road. They're just they're not in a good space right now. I, I don't know how to fix the Timberwolves. I don't know if getting rid of Carl Anthony Towns for just draft picks or, or something is the answer, but it's not working in Minnesota. It's not. I like Cat. Cat is frustrating. Carl Towns is definitely a frustrating, frustrating player. Cause like he can, cause he played, I think when he played against Phoenix, it was his birthday and he played pretty well on his birthday. But two days ago, leading into your birthday, what's up? And then it's what I don't like too, Ben. Except for the Bulls. The Bulls are the only team so far I've seen do this that I can recall right now in the recording of the podcast. And that's take care of both LA teams. When you go on the road and take care of both LA teams, like why can't everybody not not everybody, but why can't most teams do that? You beat one team and don't beat the other one, or you lose to both. But when you beat one LA team, what do you do? Go out to LA, hit the streets, and you celebrate, come back, and you yeah. just not motivated to play the other team? I'd be no confused. Parties. Help me understand. <laughs> Exactly. The L.A. nightlife undefeated in the NBA. Undefeated. It has to be because they can't beat both. Like teams can't beat both of those like franchises, the Lakers and the Clippers. Like they lose to one or the other. It just I don't, you know. I don't who just get did. It. You know who just did. <laughs> since the first time since 2011, you don't know who just did. The very Uh-oh. own Chicago Bulls. Since 2000, <laughs> the first time in a decade, the Bulls came into the Staples Center. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers back to back. I guess they don't go out, or they're really good at playing with a hangover. I don't know what the what the deal is, but the Bulls, we talked about how back they are, and one of the players, Zach, I am dunking on. I'm denying the Timberwolves. I am dunking on DeMar DeRozan. Mm. I am buying everything that man is selling. He's third in the league yeah. in scoring. He's so eighth in the league 
in efficiency, in performance efficiency rating, PER. And I'm asking the question, Zach. It's November 16th. Is it too early to start talking about DeMar DeRozan for MVP of the National Basketball Association? The man is playing great. Best performances (laughs) of his career. He's loving Chicago. He fits in perfectly. He's doing well. And you and you had questions of whether or not DeMar DeRozan was going to fit, if he was going to work or not. And here we are. He's working. I got a question for you, though, since you buying everything DeMar DeRozan selling. Oh, you oh, love that midi. You love that midi. You love that mid-range. I'm, I'm all in. You're all in I'm on all the in. mid-range. <laughs> ah, it's good now. The mid-range is a good shot. Yeah, great shot because that's what he <laughs> does. It does at a high level. And it's so yeah. funny watching – Bulls fans on Twitter just compliment how much they appreciate DeMar DeRozan in that mid-range game. I seen our old our old co-worker Michael Bowling. He just said, man, we're watching that DeMar DeRozan mid-range game is a work of art. I said, yes, absolutely. And I know Ben will attest to that during the next podcast because I know he got a newfound appreciation for DeMar DeRozan in that mid-range because he's been killing it, man. That, these role games that they went out there that road trip, but he's been playing very well. And I knew he'd play well in LA coming back home. Yeah. Mid-range, 53% for DeMar DeRozan. He's shooting 53%. He's getting more than half of his shots shooting mid-range shots. So, I, listen, I, I'm all in on him. He's a, he's a big reason why the Bulls have 10 wins this season. He's playing great. As I said, third in the league in scoring. The man is a menace. He's just been so fun to watch. Almost 27 points a game this season. So he's hitting three-point shots. He's shooting set a 37% from three. 37! DeMar DeRozan, a 37% three-point three per shooter. So I'm a, he's just done a phenomenal job. And what the Bulls have done is they built a team around him that hides his weaknesses, allows him not to be the main scorer sometimes for the team offensively, which pretty much everywhere he has played, he has been the main scorer, especially in the last few years of his career playing by himself in San Antonio. He has, you know, was the main scorer, got the best defender every single night. This season, best defender is probably going to be on Zach. Best big defender is going to be on Vucevic. So he has a lot more room to maneuver. It's been great. It's been awesome watching DeMar DeRozan and his career resurgence at the ripe old age, Zach, of uh, 32. So I, I'm dunking on him. I'm not saying he's the MVP, but I'm not not saying he's the he MVP. Said, I'm not not saying it, though, either, <laughs> as you should. As All right, what are you dunking? I'm going out west. You know, you talk about this team in the Midwest. I'm going out west. That's Phoenix Suns down there in the Valley, man. You know, that's a team that was in the NBA Finals a season ago. They played exceptionally well. They haven't played my, they haven't paid my man's yet, DeAndre Aiden, but they're going to get on that. I feel like they'll do, I feel like they'll do that before the season's over. It's, it's, you know, cause he's been playing well since he's returned from injury. Chris Paul looking like him, young self, Devin, Devin Booker. Now we know. In the beginning of the season, Ben, we said that Devin was struggling a little bit. Yeah. You know, the new new NBA official rules, you know, with the yeah. foul calls and everything. He's one of those players that was struggling. He's got it together a little bit now, Ben. You know, he's shooting he's shooting it a little better, shooting efficiently. And he's closing out games, shooting the fadeaway, turning around, looking like Kobe Bean Bryant himself, giving us yeah. flashes of, you know, what that used to look like. So I'm proud of Devin Booker and how he's been able to kind of turn it around a little bit, do a little 180 this season, and kind of get this team back, you know, in winning ways. Nine in a row. Suns have won nine in a row. They're mm-hmm. nine and one in their last ten. I mean, this yeah. is you talk about comebacks in in the, you, the two teams that people were interested in to start the season, right? Were the Bucks and the Suns, obviously. Yes. Teams in the finals. 
How are they going to come back to start the season? Shorter yes. off season than usual. What are they going to do? Bucks still kind of treading water. Six and eight. Talk about Chris Middleton, of course, being out. They've had some injury issues, so that's that's acceptable. But the Suns, man, ten and three, and and, and they were one of those teams where you're like, oh, they're going to tread water to start the year. They're not going to look great. They're they're going to be tired from last season, but they picked it up. Nine wins in a row, man. Ten and three, like that is that's impressive. And, and Booker has been a big reason why. Booker has definitely been a reason why. Now you just alluded to the Milwaukee Bucks, I did. and that's very interesting about them because Ben, that's a team that I'm denying. Interesting. <laughs> that's just I'm selling denying them straight that, up. Yeah, that's a team I'm denying the idea that they'll remain a bad team. Interesting. And you just made a lot of points, Ben, about how the Phoenix Suns could have been bad to start the season with the lack of rest and the quick turnaround to the NBA season. But if you look over there, you know, in Milwaukee, they had two players go to Team USA for the Olympics. Devin Booker did too as well, so I won't knock him for that. So he was also a part of that equation. But I think Drew, he struggled a little bit early to start the season. I think he's kind of gradually coming along. I think Chris, I think he'll bounce back once he returns. Brooke Lopez is another player there they've been missing. But you know the player I think they kind of missed the most? I think they're going to have to do something. P.J. Tucker. Who is that? I think they miss him defensively. I think they miss him defensively from last season. I think it's kind of showing a little bit. Giannis doing his thing. You know, I watch, I watch my man Giannis. He go out there and shoot the midi, shooting the mid-range confidence yeah. on the baseline. He turn it around. You pick a shoulder. Ooh, it looks so good. And then he got the three-point shot too big, and that's looking pretty good so far as this season comes along. So, listen, my man's confident in shooting the shots. Free throws, free throw percentage looks pretty good. So he's playing well, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, but – other guys got to step up. Grayson got to be more consistent. Bobby got to be more consistent. Bobby Portis. And I think once they get all yeah. their guys back, they won't be as bad as they are now. Will they be a top number one seed? Unless they go on like a 15-game winning streak or anything like that, they'll probably, yeah. only, probably remain like top four. Yeah, I would agree. And I think once they get everyone healthy, once they get everyone fully rested, I think they're going to make a push uh, later on in the season. Let's look to the future, though. Future! Back as we do every single week. What we want to see this week happen in the NBA. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a specifically one thing, though, but we do have 10 teams right now in the league that are into double-digit wins. The Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors, both in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. And then we have three in the Eastern Conference with the Brooklyn Nets with 10, Bulls with 10, and the Wizards with 10. So the Wizards, Bulls, and Nets Suns and Warriors, all five teams that have double-digit wins. They're the first five teams into double-digit wins this season. So what I want to see this week and really extend into the next couple weeks, it's which ones can continue that success. Which of these five teams do we believe in the most? Do we believe, you know, this is more of a question for you. Do you believe in all five, Wizards, Bulls, Nets, Warriors, and the Suns? Do you think one or a couple of those teams are going to fizzle out? I, I tend to believe in the Nets. I, I really believe in all five to be quite honest. Um, the Suns, as you said, have been winning nine in a row. They look good. Warriors look good. I can't not believe in the Bulls. The Wizards, <laughs> the Wizards seemingly are the weakest team of that five. And as we talk to Ava Wallace, we'll get to that interview, of course, by the end of the episode. It seems like they're still believing in themselves. They got stuff to work on, but they're going to get Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura back later on in the season. So seemingly, I think all five, I believe in the most. I don't think I disbelieve in one of those teams. 
the fact that the Washington Wizards got off to this hot start will be the reason why they'll be able to maybe not stay at the top of the East, but I think they've, with the hot start they've already gotten off to, unless something dramatic or drastic happens on that team in terms of like roster, like, you know, Lord forbid, knock on wood with like injuries or anything like that, that team has already secured a playoff spot. I don't really see the Washington Wizards being in a play-in scenario at this point now with winning, you know, 10 games out of 13 to start the season. You would have to really go out there and just lose eight in a row, like out of nowhere at this point for them to like lose an opportunity to be out of the playoffs. I mean, to be in the playoffs. So I think the Wizards are fine. The Bulls, look, time and time again, top four, top five in the East. That's since day one, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, the Warriors, listen, will they remain the number one seed in the West? I don't think so. I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to tell folks, people are so riding high, so high on this Warriors team. And then you hear the talking heads on TV, man. I'd be so frustrated. Like, they mm-hmm. got the easiest schedule to start the season. Like, come on, y'all. They didn't play the Thunder twice. They only left, like, they finally left <laughs> the, the state of California. <laughs> they finally <laughs> left. To go play Charlotte, like, come on, y'all. You know, mm-hmm. so I think they'll probably lose to Brooklyn when they play Brooklyn. Sure. Um, and we'll just kind of see what happens. I think, you know, more teams will adjust to what they're, what they're doing, what they have going oh. on. Obviously, you still won't be able to stop the staff. But if you can contain Wiggins and, you know, that supporting cast, that bench mob, because Warriors got a bench mob for sure. They do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> So that I, I, listen, I, I just think when you look at the teams like that, it's hard to say which ones are, are going to be bad. But we, we can check back in because we've got one, two, three, four more teams on the cusp of double-digit wins with the Nuggets, yes. the Mavericks, and the Heat and Cavaliers, <laughs> who are another surprise with the Cavaliers. But they have a ton of injuries right now and people out with COVID, so they're probably not going to live up to the standards that they set for the first 15 games of the season because of the injuries that they've had so far. But I think they're still going to be a good team to, to deal with. Now, what is something you want to see this week, Zach? You know what? I want. To, I was going to bring up the Lakers, but the Lakers got me okay. so frustrated, being And we'll talk about them last week, about how they need yeah. to get their ish together. But you know what? I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to go over there in the Northwest, and we're going to, we're going to cue the music. You know, get the, get, the, get the violin. I think it's time, Ben. You know, I wasn't with you last music? week. I wasn't with you last week with Damian Lillard. I'm with you this week. You know what I'm saying? I think it's time. And this ain't even got nothing to do with, like, they don't, they can't play. Like, this doesn't have anything to do with that, Ben. It's just the idea that it's written on the wall now, like, because it didn't got to, it didn't got from on the court to off the court in the front office. Now, for those who haven't heard the Portland Trailblazer news, I just suggest to Google Portland Trailblazer news and you'll hear about all the um, the front office news and, uh, you know, all the things going on up there. That's going to put that could definitely, you know, push a player out the door. Now, we know how loyal Damian Lillard is, but if they continue to struggle the way that they've been struggling heading into December, January, I think they got to make a decision. I think the Trailblazers got to make a decision. I think Lillard has to make that decision. And that's the thing. Damian Lillard has to know his fan base won't be upset with him. Like, they kind of damn near want you to be gone. <laughs> like, they kind of want you out the door. You know, they yeah. want you to have, you know, a better, you know, a better, be in a better position to win games, you know, get to a championship. So, I think the writing's on the wall for the Blazers. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's that's a mess. It's it's an interesting organization. I I don't even I need to read more about what's happening there, but it's uh oh you have it's always uh, no I've I've been reading I just I don't want to like say anything that would be a, a misstep <laughs> in what's oh, happening yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just I believe Dame still has the ability to lead this team. I I don't know if the roster around him is built perfectly, but as long as like Nurkic can stay healthy and their guys can can stay healthy because that's been a big issue for them too. I think they're okay. I don't know. Betting wise, not great. Future wise. Well, no, hold on, hold on. I'll take that back, Ben. I, I, I don't know. I want off. I want off the plate. Let me tell you. I can read it well, off too. Well, that's real good, quick. Then. Hold on. So they, 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 I had the same game and it went pretty well. You know, about eight or nine picks. CJ to get, CJ to only get 15 and he showed up and showed out, Ben. And yeah, then uh, David Litter to only get like 20. You know, he secured the bag. Couple other picks, six rebounds from Scotty, you know, little stuff like that in there. Got my boy Pascal or something. Scotty to get ten points too. Oh, OG to get eleven and a half. You know, yeah, they took care of business on the same game tip. In the game, I was true. happy that the game hit the over too because the game was projected like around like maybe two fifteen somewhere or two seventeen somewhere up in there, and it went over, so that was cool. Um, so let's go to what stat of the week, Zach. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> What's our yeah. stat of the week? Stat of the week is dose two. Two. Because the Indiana Pacers were held to only two field goals in the fourth quarter versus the New York Knicks as New York Knicks handled that game and took care of business against the Indiana Pacers. Now, I bring that up to say this. That, I believe, was a message from that game I was referring to last week with the New York Knicks where Tom Thibodeau sat his starters the whole fourth quarter. You know, Ben, we need more coaches like that. You know, you know we really we really do. We really need more coaches like that. And I don't know how the Pacers respond to only having two field goals. I'm not sure what Rick Carlisle is going to do or going to say. But I'm pretty confident that they'll be more motivated heading into the next game because Rick Carlisle's one of those type of coaches. You know who's not one of those type of coaches, Ben? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. He just looked like he's scared to tell anybody to do anything. And for me personally, Ben, I'd be cussing Russell Westbrook out. Bro, (laughs) stop shooting the ball. Like, stop. I'll be grabbing him by his jersey. Bro, stop shooting. Like, if you watch the game against the Bulls, like, did you watch the entire, the entirety of the game? All three, all four quarters. Oh, yeah. It was. Not to. What was your takeaway? I know you're rooting for, I know you're rooting for the Bulls, but when you watch yeah. Russell just constantly shoot and take these bad shots, like, he just was taking bad three-point shots. He was like one for six or like oh for six at, at a, like, at a point in the game. He's just like, bro, shoot the mid-range shot. There's a guy across from you named DeMar DeRozan, and he killing y'all with this mid-range right now. You need to take a page out of his book. I'm honestly, I'm just seeing a player who he's been on the bad side of 30 for three years, right? He's 33. I'm just starting to see a guy who's finally showing that he is 
on the bad side of 30. Like, he just is not the old Russell Westbrook that we're used to. I think he's trying too hard to show that he's still Russell Westbrook. He still can outperform guys. He can still outrun them. He can still take guys to the basket. And he's just not he, – he simply is not that guy anymore. And I think this is really the first year – that we're seeing that in its entirety. There were years past where he would have games where he'd look out of control, but it was, you know, games here or there, and you wouldn't think much of it because the next game he'd come out, he'd play really well. But now I think this is just, this is Russell Westbrook. This is who he is at this point. 33 years old. He just turned 33. I think this is, this is just the Russ that exists now. Five games, Ben. They got five more before GM Brian Brown come into play. <laughs> yeah, maybe it changes when when maybe LeBron's like, you're gone, you're done, you're out of here. Or maybe when LeBron comes back and he looks good and the team is able to, to figure out how to play with him back, maybe Russ goes back to being a good player. But I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, sadly. He may, may be the end of Russell Westbrook. Um, we have Ava Wallace. And before we get to her, Zach, you have a game of the week. Betting wise, yeah. What's your game of the week betting wise? Or what, 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 what are you looking at? What am I looking at for game of the week? Ooh, wee. It's real spicy this week because right. there are some very good games. And even to start the week, I know, I know, we, I know, we do this in the middle of the week, but even to start the week, there were some pretty solid games, I must say. But if I gotta pick a game for this week. Los Angeles Lakers, they go on the road. They play the Milwaukee Bucks. And if LeBron ain't returning, I'm taking Giannis over the Milwaukee Bucks. These are two teams with star-level talent, and they've been struggling a lot this year. But I'm going to go with the hardest-working man in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo over the Lakers this week. Money line straight up. You could do some same game, if you will, but I oh like the Milwaukee Bucks straight up <laughs> against the Los Angeles Lakers. What? You, you don't be doing the same game? You, you don't no. do the same game? So, I enjoy on. keeping so, money. So you didn't do the same game with the with the Bulls and the Lakers? Mm-mm. No, I I, I've done maybe like two same game parlays in my life, and one really? hit and one hit. Oh, you missing now, man. You know, you could look. You, oh, you got it. All you gotta do is put two games. I'm mean, not like two made threes for two made threes for Zach, six assists for Lonzo, twenty <laughs> plus. Put, I'm telling you, twenty points for DeRozan, eight rebounds for Vucevic when he come back. You look, it'll all it'll all add. Look, it'll all work in your favor. You just gotta pick the right stuff. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, when Vucevic comes back, I will do a Chicago Bulls same game parlay and Thank see you. if that hits. Thank you. Because you convinced me. And we'll see where that goes. Because <laughs> if I start winning those, that's all I'm going to do from then on. It's just Chicago Bulls, same game parlays. Because <laughs> they can't lose. Uh, let's go to our interview. Washington Post, Washington Wizards reporter, Ava Wallace, talked to us about everything about the Washington Wizards. Let's welcome a special guest on the Points in the Paint podcast. She is covering everything Washington Wizards down there in the DMV area, the D.C. Chocolate City, if you will. (laughs) We want to welcome none other than Ava Wallace from the Washington Post, reporter for the Washington Post. How are you doing this afternoon? 
I'm good. How are you guys? Winning is good. So, you know, when, when the team makes it easy on you, everything's okay. Yeah, and we're feeling that vibe, right, Ben? We're feeling that yeah. vibe. Oh, yeah, we're – this is a pro-Washington Wizards podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> now, the turnaround has begun. Now. Oh, yeah, we're we're shame, shameless bandwagon fans at this point. I love it. I'm all for it. <laughs> so what's the vibe like in Washington, D.C. right now with the Wizards playing the way that they are playing? What's the vibe like in D.C.? The vibe is really good. So so one thing about D.C. is it is always – like I think like a lot of NBA cities, honestly, it's always going to be a football town. So football always comes first. The Wizards have kind of always been like the the neglected stepchild or whatever. Um, but I mean, just I've been to I'm from here. I've I've seen a lot of Monday night Wizards games in my life. And I haven't seen a crowd at Capital One Arena on a Monday in a long time. Like the one I saw last night when they had a comeback win over the Pelicans. Uh, people are definitely excited about this team again. It absolutely helps that Wes Unfeld Jr. does have those ties to the franchise, you know, he didn't get the job because of his dad, but it certainly isn't hurting him with a fan base that has kind of been loyal to them for decades and decades. So that's the vibe in the city. People are definitely interested, like the characters. These guys have personality, too. It helps. Um, in the locker room, people are excited, but I would say really honestly not getting ahead of themselves. Every time we ask, you know, Montrez Harrell or Denny Avdia, anybody what this really hot start means. Everybody's really cautious to say it's only 13 games. We have so much of the season left. So it, it's kind of interesting from that standpoint. Now, this for people who probably don't follow the NBA closely or who don't know a ton about the Wizards, this seemingly huge successful Wizards team has kind of come out of nowhere. Did the team have the confidence to start the season? Did they know that they were going to be able to be one of the few teams with double-digit wins already, or, or was this something that they didn't even expect? Uh, definitely the team did not even expect this. Uh, we were talking to Contavious Caldwell-Pope yesterday at shoot-around, and I kind of asked him, I said, you know, you guys are still saying, like, the defensive communication isn't where it needs to be. Are you surprised with how well this team has done? And he, he, he said yes and didn't really have an answer for why they've been kind of exceeding expectations. It was, it was funny. He said, you know, we're trying really hard. We have guys to play, like all of, all of these different reasons. Which is really interesting. One theme that's definitely come out, these guys give Wes Unsell Jr. a lot of props for really clear defensive schemes. Everybody seems to know what they're doing and everybody puts an effort. So for me, if a player can't quite put his finger on the reason why the team is doing so well, I, I kind of have to think, okay, you got to give some credit to the coach there. If the player can even figure out what's going so right, why are we doing this well? That's the, that's the coach putting guys in position. Okay, so what would you say has been the biggest difference between Scott Brooks, you know, a coach that was coaching the Wizards for a little bit, and first-year head coach Wes Unsell? What would be the difference? Oh, I think, well, <laughs> if you've seen one half of a quarter of whatever of Wizards basketball this year, the answer is defense, 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 defense. These guys who had not been able to play defense for the past five years, I want to say, even dating back to um, a couple of the end of Randy Whitman's tenure, really, have struggled mightily on the defensive end. And kind of all of a sudden, you got three guys who came over from the Lakers who definitely know how to play defense. Spencer Dinwiddie, you can play defense. You've got a, a second-year forward, Denny Avdia, who's their pick in 2020, who's all of a sudden out of nowhere playing really good one-on-one -on -one defense. It's it's among the best in the league. They're not allowing a team to take a ton of threes. They're get, giving up exactly the type of shots they want to give up. Um, it's They're living and dying with their defense. They're not playing that well on the offensive end. Uh, Bradley Beal is not the normal Bradley Beal we're used to seeing, and they're doing just fine. So 
Defense all the way. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Bradley Beal, he's someone who his name is constantly brought up in trade rumors and leaving Washington, and, and he said he wants to stay, and he's, he's made the case to say that he wants to stay. And mm-hmm. with everything going on, the Wizards finding success now, and he's not dealing with Russell Westbrook. He's kind of the main star <laughs> in D.C. How, how happy has he been this season? He's looked markedly happier. I mean, from from the time in preseason, I remember we were at the preseason game in Houston, which, by the way, you you just never, if you're, you know, D.C., Philly, Boston, you should only play teams in preseason that you can get to on Amtrak. I don't need to be going to Houston for preseason. <laughs> um, but he was, he was joking around playing rock, paper, scissors with, with folks in the crowd. Like, he definitely looks and, and feels, and, and he said to me in interviews I've had with him, a little bit lighter. He went through a really rough summer. Um, with having to not go to the Olympics with Team USA because he contracted the coronavirus and all of that. Mm. That was definitely weighing on him. He was dealing with some family stuff, but he seems really, really good with this Lizards team. He and Montrezl Harrell have clicked right away. He and Spencer Dinwiddie um, knew each other before Spencer arrived on the team. So he seems pretty happy. He seems pretty at peace with uh, where things are right now. And at 10-3, and who wouldn't be? So the new additions to the team, KCP, Kuz, I like Kuz. This is a very pro Kuz podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, Montrez Harrell and even Spencer Dinwiddie, like you mentioned, they've done well with Bill so far. What do you What do you think the key for that has been? I think that every every one of those guys kind of came in and we asked them all what they were looking to to do in Washington. Every one of those guys, one had something to prove. You know, Trez felt like he wasn't used correctly Lakers last year or hardly at all when he started collecting DNPs at the end. Uh, Kuzma is kind of ready to to prove he can be something other than, you know, the the assistant, the the secondary person to LeBron James. KCP was looking to be a more vocal leader. So those guys all had something to prove for sure and wanted to help DC get back to being something. But they also, everybody kind of knows and just talking to people organically, it'll come up. He'll be like, we know Bradley Beal is our leader. We know who the number one guy is. So there's not really a ton of ego in that mm-hmm. manner where it's like nobody is fighting to be the top dog. Nobody's fighting to be the alpha. Um, the hierarchy feels very set. And, you know, so far as that, like Spencer, even on his first day of media day said, you know, we know it's our job to make Bradley Beal's life easier. Uh, and he was talking about himself both as a point guard and that's his job with everybody on the team. But he was also talking about, you know, let's, let's get Bradley Beal to sign this extension. So, Everybody came in with a very clear idea of what their role was, I think. And I think that makes such a big difference on a team like this. Obviously, we haven't seen a ton of Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura. Those guys are supposed to come back at some point. What can we expect the Wizards team with them back to look like? Yeah, Thomas Bryant is really interesting because they can always use another big. You know, they've got uh, Montrezl Harrell, who's undersized, Daniel Gafford who's been really good for them and then kind of stretches here, but he's an interesting center. He's, he's really tall and lengthy and, and really bouncy, but he doesn't have a ton of size to like go up against a guy like Joel Embiid with, you know, should they need to deal with Philadelphia kind of later down the line. Um, so they're always happy to have another center. He's expected back from the ACL tear around December, January ish. It'll be interesting to see how they work him in. Um, and then when Rui starts kind of playing competitive basketball again, he's still doing individual workout. I'm really, really interested in what that looks like because I don't know who leads the rotation at this point. They're playing nine guys now with Brad out. So do you bump Coos from the rotation? Davis Bertans is also having no. a ankle sprain, you know, and he hasn't been to the rotation either. So do you take 
getting Afia out of the rotation. Like, Wes Unseld Jr. really has a, a tough job ahead of him in terms of which guys are going to be getting minutes on this team. It's, it's, it's interesting. Depth is one thing, but kind of an overload is another for sure. Okay, based on what you've seen so far from this Washington Wizards team, mm-hmm. what is your hottest take? For this Wizards team, it can be anything. It could be a trade. It could be an award. Someone may receive an award on this team or scoring title. Bradley Beal, whoever you know, you sure how to take you know the Washington Wizards. Who's gonna win this? Someone's gonna win the scoring title this year, averaging like twenty four a game or something with how the how the league going. I feel like nobody nobody's winning the scoring title from this team. I feel like, and they're honestly just fine with that. Honestly. Okay, I really feel like I don't have a hot take. This this team feels so, I mean, I could say like, you know, Eastern Conference, the, the joke everyone's big is like Eastern Conference finals against the Cavs. Like, yeah, let's go. Um, but <laughs> like this team is, is like feels take prone because as much personality as they have, like they're also kind of just like a group of, of dudes who know how to play basketball really well. Um, it would be it would be funny if if Trez picks up another six man of the year. That would that would be maybe my take. He's so DC would vote for him in a heartbeat they have embraced this man so much they love him but uh i, I feel like you know you gotta get pretty far in the playoffs to get a six man of the year award so we'll see what happens with that well we're excited to watch uh, the wizards for the rest of the season Avi, we yes. appreciate you coming on where uh, where can people find your work where can people find you on uh, social media i am on the death site of twitter ava r wallace <laughs> at washingtonpost.com sports everything wizards we are really covering the wizards this year feels weird to say but we, we got it every game from there <laughs> well yes. we appreciate you coming on ava thank you thanks guys have a good one all right we appreciate ava coming on talking with us mm. had a lot of good things to say about the wizards i'm yeah. i was interested i was surprised to hear that they were surprised to be this good at this point <laughs> yeah i think that was the like the biggest takeaway uh, talking with Ava was that you know they're kind of like they're kind of like on pins and needles or whether or not they know yeah. they're a good team they kind of want to just keep it humble if you will <laughs> like keep it simmer they don't want to get off you know get too rocky and then start losing so yeah <laughs> it's smart I, I I like them I like the approach the mental approach of uh we're bad, but we're somehow good right now. So let's keep thinking we're bad, so we're not gonna get too ahead of ourselves. There you go. Yeah, you know we want to get too ahead of ourselves. You know we're we're still hungry, if you will. We're looking yeah. at it as if we're three and ten as opposed to ten and three leading the East. <laughs> yeah. So we appreciate her coming on. She can, uh, of course, she gave all out uh, her social media where you can find her, and she's on the road. She's traveling, covering the team. So follow mm-hmm. her for for everything Washington Wizards. Yep, she'll be uh, at the Charlotte's game as they get ready to take on the Charlotte Hornets next to Washington Wizards. And I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ava Wallace. We'll have many more throughout the season as we continue. And that's going to conclude this edition of Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. I am Zach Badger House. That was my main man, Ben Whitstein. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Points Paint on Instagram as well, Facebook, Twitter, You can even catch our interviews and see our beautiful faces (laughs) on YouTube. Follow Psalms for all NBA news around the association. Catch inside the association with my man Cameron Smith. Oh, by the way, speedy recovery on Cam. I don't know if you saw that, but he went out to go play basketball this weekend. It didn't look too great. If you didn't see it, you might want to go check that out on Twitter right now. 
and also Shams and the crew every Thursday for Inside the Associational Stadium. Sharp Lessons, Ben Winstein, my main man Nate Jacobson, for all your betting tips. And Tape Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all things football. And you will hear from us next week.